welcome to 19 and interaction. My name is Adin Adinson. And on today's episode, first of all, I want to the feedback on the last episode of the podcast on the about the just boxing. I rely on the board. Very um, exciting um, episode of the podcast. And I enjoyed the feedback that I got from a lot of people. Um, especially concerning uh, the sports minister and some of the activities. So thank you for for that. Today on the show, I have Olua Femi Adifeso. Um, he's the CEO, even though you probably won't like me calling him that, but he's the CEO of uh, B-Ball Africa. Uh, Femi is... Ball uh, Africa. Is it, is it Ball Africa? Sorry. Ball Africa, you know, because yes, also you are trying to be general. You don't want us to restrict you to basketball. That's why you call it Ball Africa. Yes, it's, it's all right. Yes. Femi is an uh, MBA accredited um, journalist. He's also a FIBA accredited journalist and also has done some work for two of the biggest um, cable TV providers on this side of Africa. And it's my pleasure to welcome him on Nigeria Radio Chat. This is not his first um, appearance. I think this is his second. I think we had you with um, Quinn when we talk about uh, bar. Welcome to the show, Femi. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, and yeah, you're spot on. That CEO thing is taking some getting used to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Femi without the designation. Why you start working perfectly for me every day? When you start making the money, you you get used to. Don't worry, I can assure you that. <laughs> okay, so let's get into okay, it very. Let's get into it very quickly, Femi. Uh, let me ask you this: In your, you know, your own opinion, what is the state of Nigerian basketball as we speak today? To be honest, um, it's coma. Um, Half dead, half alive. Hmm. That's 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 what it is. Um, straight up, you know, we're attached to, you know, um, a ventilator at hmm. the moment. In hmm. the real sense of things, forget what we see on the outside. Trust me, it's total decay and chaos. I'll try not to miss what as much as I mean. It's a sport I want to grow, so I should be giving it, you know, some positive PR. Uh, with regards to development, but trust me, it's not what it is. Because, I mean, the core of the sport from years back, yesteryears, mm. you know, to as recent as 2015, you know, we, we had, you know, a big shout about the development of players on the local front. And, I mean, national team, yes, beginning to rise. But also, domestically, we're also rising. We're attracting attention. Attracting foreign talent, foreign coaches, you know, for our league. Um, I mean, we're on TV, Pan-Africa-wise. Maybe not talent-wise the best league, you know, in Africa. But in terms of um, marketing to to a reasonable extent, not the standard, but to a reasonable extent, we're already getting there. And, um, I mean, every every kid in in Nigeria was, was dreaming big. Um, in the sense of, yes, you want to go abroad or you would like to play for one of these big teams. You know, you want them to be on your CV just before you go, whether it's Lagos Islanders or it's Cometh, or Squaw, Falcons, or Canopy Lads, or Kofi You just wanted to play for one of those teams. 
you know, before checking out. But um, as we speak, I doubt if any any child whatsoever has that dream of playing for any team um, at this point in time. Uh, they, all they want to do is next ticket in the US or anywhere outside of Nigeria. Mm. They are off to even Cote d'Ivoire. Wow. As, as bad as it is, even Cote d'Ivoire. You know, mm. a lot of our players are running there. I'm mm. saying Cote d'Ivoire because you can, you can quote me on what I just said. And you mentioned Queen earlier. You can ask her. They had a player who is a former MVP of the Nigeria Basketball League. Um, I'll mention his name, Kaya Abdul, who passed up an opportunity to play with River Zupas at Baal in March. Um, I mean, he was, they were recruiting him and wanted to play. And he left that deal and went to play in Ivory Coast because they were offering him you know, a better standard of living, a better contract. So just imagine um, what that means. Okay. He would have done his math. He would have seen what works for him and okay. what doesn't. And it ended up, you know, paying off for him at the end of the day. So that's how bad it has become. Um, I, I mean, unfortunately so, but it, that's the true reality of things. Forget all the national things. It's interesting you mentioned national team because that's what I was going to put to next. So is it safe to say that basketball has also fallen into the football trap? Yes, a big yes. Yeah, and we are going that line. And unfortunately, it seems like um, the federation is just like the way football is mm. going. The federation is, is championing that course uh, of going for diaspora talent and leaving nothing. When I say nothing, nothing on the local front. And they are not even considering it. All they are doing is play politics, means words, apportion blames, um, and they are not doing anything. But, but, but for, for those who don't know, um, at least I have actively been covering basketball, uh, which is about eight years now, um, seven, eight years. Every election cycle, every election has ended up in the law court after every mm. election. Mm. It has gone straight to the law court. But <laughs> that has not impeded Hello, Fabi, are you there? Okay. So every election cycle, I, I have followed, um, even before I started reporting basketball, uh, at least as, as an athlete or aspiring athlete, I followed, I've always ended up in the law court by whoever lost, you know, that grieved by something or somebody, you know, um, took someone to court because it was illegally allowed to vote and they dragged those things. But still, that didn't impede the functions of the Federation because it was based on priority. Mm. I mean, where your priority is, where your priority is. Every other thing for me, you know, is just trying to play on the intelligence and emotions, you know, of people. The last, um, the, the last um, Federation, I mean, he used eight years. In his first tenure, he was taken to court. And I remember very vividly, you know, that that went on for the entire duration, you know, of of um, of, of the old tenure, to, to an extent where they lost the sponsorship, and they got a new one, and they moved on, mm. you know, regardless of all of the distractions and all the shenanigans that was played. So, uh, for example, hearing now someone come out to say um, a court case stopped you from 
I'm like, hold on. Meanwhile, the court case didn't start until 2018. <laughs> is, is it safe to say that uh, the, the court cases, the prosecution from security, from um, law, what they call the, um, from security agencies, it's a, it's become a byword for, or a by excuse for sports administrators. You are mentioning this. The guys in football are also saying the same thing. Right? The guys that run our domestic football, they are also saying uh, court cases, uh, security agencies questioning and pushing them is the reason why they continue to have issues. Meanwhile, you have countries like Libya who are more or less war torn. Um, you know, Somalia, making gradual, you know, strides in, in the sport, you know. Uh, the next excuse to now is COVID. But right under our noses, we are seeing some of these countries signing big sponsorship deals. But our people here are, in the absence of a better word to use, at least, you know, in getting some of these deals. But, I don't, I don't want the focus of our conversation to be too much on, on the administrator because I don't, I don't want them to say this podcast is always you know, seeking to bash. But let, let, let's cut that conversation uh, you know, short, more or less. I have zero faith in the Kida laid board, and I'll tell you why probably at the end of the show. But let's go into one of the real reasons I, 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 I thought of you know, having this conversation with you. And that has to do with the fact that if Nigeria, has eight players, whether Nigerian born, of Nigerian origin, Nigerian descent, born to Nigerian parents, whatever, in the NBA draft of this 2020, this difficult year 2020. I think it's a big thing to celebrate, but I also think it's a big thing for us to have a rethink of where we are in our basketball. A few people have told me, why are you celebrating this? These guys are not Nigerian. But, and, 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 and I know, Femi, you know where I'm going to take the conversation to based on some of the arguments we have in people arena. But doesn't this give us something to sit back and think about our basketball and how far we have come and where we could get to? Uh, th thank you, Yemi. I mean, this is this is a very interesting conversation. And ever since the draft, uh, to be fair, I've been invited to so many forums to come and speak on, you know, this issue of the impact of these eight players getting to the league and the reflection and how it, it, it's whether a blessing or a cause yeah. of some sort. Uh, but 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 really, it, it, you can look at it from both ways. But the truth is this that talent without looking back is very present in Nigeria. Mm. There is, like, there's no two ways, there's no question about it. I mean, the, that, this single year, just, just to put a comparative analysis, this single year that we had eight, Canada had no player. Mm. No player. And Canada is... Just next door. <laughs> just next door to the U.S., and you know maybe the second highest you know producers of talents yeah, for the, the NBA. NBA. 
Yeah, every other draft now. I mean, wow. every other draft. You know, outside. I, did, of, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, they are. They, they always, they always, they always provide. Um, zero. VAJ Barrett. It was zero. No player from Canada. Wow. You know, was drafted into the league. Whether they used four years or two years or one years in the in all of that. And there are many was, schools in the US. Yeah. yeah, many colleges. But but it shows there's something about the Nigerian talent, and um, which is in here. And and what made this year very unique and interesting is the fact that for the first time. We are now had more than one talent come all the way from Nigeria. They were not born in the U.S. They didn't have all the facilities and all that. These guys moved as teenagers. Mm. So they were cooked, almost baked, before they moved to the U.S. And they were still able to make something out of themselves. So that, that's, the, that's the very crucial story, you know, that makes this year's draft very unique. Um, in that we have Precious Achunwa and Doka Zubike. Uh, coming from Lagos and Port Harcourt, which is very, very key. And then the fact that also an embellishment of the Nigerian thing, which is we had three players who had both parents being Nigerians mm. that were immigrants in the U.S. I, I hope you can hear me. Yeah, can um, hear you. know, both parents Nigerian. So this is 100%. It's not like half cast or anything. Yeah. So it, it, it's also, you know, some sense of validation of just how much you know pure the nigerian talent is now regardless of the other three you know who, who, who were chipped in and i heard there was a number nine of course i'm sure you've seen that interview colin had with mike brown of um one of the guy that was drafted by the boston celtics his mom is nigerian yeah and, i mean it was off the radar of everyone uh, but, but that's that's just an aside so uh, at the end of the day um i, I think it, it, it's a reflection back on us that if we can do the right things, if you can put the right structures in place, we should be the mecca of African basketball. Yeah. I don't mean winning Afro basket. I don't mean, you know, um, that ship has sailed. On that, on that you said? I said that ship has sailed. We've done it before. Exactly. Exactly. But right now, we should be the orb of talent. I mean, the NBA Africa Academy, for example, is in, in Senegal. Senegal. This tells me it should be in Nigeria. Yeah. If, if if they put it in Nigeria, it's value for money, like 100% value yeah. for everything it stands for. Yeah. Um, but they won't, of course, because why? We are not organized. Um, we don't have programs. The Seed Project is going on there. Seed Project is, is in its 20th year. Um, as yeah. we speak, it's going to be 21 next year. That's how long that thing... And it's an in-house, in-boarding basketball program that runs both a school curriculum and a sports philosophy that help kids. They have a, an outstanding product in Yogi Dieng and who has been able to get into the NBA. But I'm sorry, I don't, nobody else has really caught it that yeah. big yeah. In, in the whole 20 years it has been. So just yeah. imagine, you know, we, we flip it back to Nigeria and I'm, and I'm asking myself, already there's two in the last five years in Udoka Azubike, let me just narrow it down to that. Mm. Udoka Azubike and um, what's, what's this young man's name? Um, Precious Achunwa. Yeah. But Festus Ezeli was born in Nigeria. He didn't leave Nigeria until he was probably 13 or thereabouts. Mm. Um, Joshua Kogi, too, was born in Lagos. You know, mm. um, I, I, I can mention names of Nigerian players who, have, who are in the NBA currently. 
who who left from here though those ones i mean they they probably left earlier and and you know they got down them you know but at the end of the day what i'm trying to say is you clearly see that the trace of talent is in nigeria but we need to do more in investing in the grassroots mm. if we don't invest in the grassroots these things will just be media hypes and talk 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 but the real talents that ought to benefit because it's now so we need to discover more of these guys yeah we need to give more opportunity it's an opportunity to attract investment yeah you know to yeah. that aspect of it that's why for me i am sad that you know the mbbf is not even looking in that direction at all uh, because it's it's potential right now all they are thinking about is recruiting all these guys to come and play for the the tigers for the olympics and play at the olympics it's unfortunate that like it. it's unfortunate that as much as we try to avoid talking uh, about the administrator, somehow the incompetence creeps in back into the oh, into, it's always getting into the conversation. Oh, but let's let's yeah. go. I, I, every time we try to go to the administrators and try and cut it short, so that okay, we fine. don't we don't lose track. So I, I want to say this: that from 1984, when Akim Olajuwon was Drafted number one ahead of the great Michael Jordan, you know, can we actually say we have made progress in the NBA as a country producing talent to the NBA? And I say this because I look back at all the guys that have been drafted, and maybe I should excuse the guys that were born in the U.S. of Nigerian descent. Or maybe excuse the guys that uh, went through the college system. But if we're talking about guys that were drafted directly from here, um, do you, can we say we've actually made progress in the real sense of saying, okay, we are able to match that talent that we have with application? Mm. Mm, that's a very good question. But, but, but I would like to say, I think it's, it's an unfair uh measuration if mm. if we want to if we want to exclude um people who were drafted that if we want to say people were drafted directly from here because mm. it's rare even even in europe um and everywhere else it's rare to to see i mean the the nba just started to embrace drafting talent from outside of the u.s yeah uh, very few Dirk Nowitzki, um, Luka Doncic. I mean, it were very, very, very few. It was rare. It's just recently now people are, you know, because of, you know, some issues with, you know, getting paid in college. Yeah. Some young talents are deciding to opt out to go play professionally. You know, yes, of course, the biggest export now, Luka Doncic, Sabonis. Mm -hmm. And then you also look at the fact that um, because the NBA now is wants to be a global brand, yeah, yeah. So they they're also doing their basketball without borders in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, establishing academies just to get talents from there. So it's a bit more open. Mm -hmm. But in the last um, say thirty years or twenty five, let me back it um, five years ago, it, it wasn't as much. It wasn't as many. You wouldn't even see foreign players on many rosters mm -hmm. like i would see the dallas mavericks yeah. show so many 
foreigners on their team. Okay, so if you say that, that, so if you say it's not fair to uh, do that kind of characterization, okay, let's say generally, in terms of overall impact for either Nigerians or Nigerian descent or Nigerians born in Nigeria and being down to the NBA, can you say Nigeria has made a huge impact in the NBA, especially from the playing perspective? Now, now, let's just know that we know that Akim Olajuwon occupies a different position. He's right. the greatest Nigerian player, quote-unquote, even though he didn't play for uh, uh, called the Tigers, as it may be, you know, um, after being uh, professional. So can you say we have made real progress? Uh, making real progress. Let me add my side to that list before I move on. That's why I said uh, on the playing side. Don't mention yeah. my side. That's why I said yeah. on the playing so side. We, yeah, on the playing side. Uh, real progress, maybe not to be fair. Uh, but but that's not to say, because I said it's an unfair maturation too, for those listening, it's not also to say we haven't gotten a few players that have been drafted from from here directly. I mean, Olumide Deji was playing in Europe when he was drafted you know, by the Seattle Supersonic back in the day. AJK Obuaja was drafted, you know, from the Nigeria League, by the way. He was playing for Union Bank at the time yeah. uh, by the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though he ended up not playing a game. Uh, that's another story for another. That's story. In fact, it is the next question. Just finish and we'll go to that. To that. Oh, okay. So, so, yeah, we've had a few players, uh, honestly, that have been drafted from here. However, um, Akin went to University of Houston. Yeah. Uh, to put the record straight, and he was drafted by the Houston Rockets from the school uh, um, directly. And, and ever since you know he came through, uh, th there's really not been much. I'll be very honest with you. Uh, we've had a few players. The Michael um, Lowe Candies. Yeah, Michael Lowe Candies. To be fair, uh, Aki, um, Afaruk. Afaruk um, has has done too badly, though. Yeah, it was, you, you know, but if you look at the scale of, of development, it was yeah. huge in, in the under-17s and the under-18s. A lot of people don't know that he was captain of the U.S. team at the, um, was he under-18s, the World Under-18s Championship? Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember the year now. And he was drafted, I think, number six um, in his draft class. Hmm. Um, Ike Diogo was, I think, drafted number nine. I mean, his draft class, I never really caught it. Yeah. Uh, so the, we've had a few players, you know, be drafted at tops and, you know, they just never really... Okay, on. so now let me, let, me, let, me cut, let me cut in there and I'll ask you, why is it so hard, right, for them to make the grade? That's why being drafted for... And of course, even in this draft year, you also have a, a number of them were drafted in the top 10, Right? Yeah. So why is it so hard to make that grade? And if you could advise any of the new crop, right, of Nigerian rookies going to the NBA, what would you be telling them? Oh, great. Um, I love that question because uh, I, I have seen our Farouk, uh, which we just spoke about, evolve. And he has been on teams, good teams, year after year. And the coaches talk about what he brings to the table, his work ethic. I, mean, I remember Rikalai, when he was in Dallas, you know, said he was his most efficient player, most influential player. And Afaruk wasn't averaging over eight points a game. It was around seven. 
Uh, mm. But he, he, he was doing the job. So what a lot of young kids need to understand and need to know, and which some of our players, when I, by, let me juxtapose him with Ike Diogo, for example, yeah. is, you know, the, the NBA is an efficiency league. The, the NBA is, is, so it's not about being a superstar or your ability to score or something. It's about efficiency. Efficiency everything across has, board. Everything, yes. So if your team needs you to rebound, then you are a rebounder of the team. Then go ahead and rebound. Um, I, I'll say that to say this. I remember a lot of people were talking about Jordan Nwora, for example. Yeah. How he played on the national team. How come he got drafted in the second round for the fifth pick? And I'm like... Teams are going into the draft to pick the best possible talent that fits what they need you know, on their roster. You know, it's good you mentioned Jordan Ora, And I have to say that I think I owe the guy a bit of an apology. Because I, did, I do remember the time he came to the studio. Um, I think when he had that series that Nigeria hosted at National Studio. And when he introduced right. himself as Jordan Ora, and I looked at the coach, Mr. Ora, as well, I said, What's going on here? You have done your Nigerian nepotism. But that boy can play. He, yeah. I watched, I, I was at the stadium throughout that weekend, and he didn't put a foot wrong. I think he's, he has a record for um, highest points gained in a, in, a, in a game for Nigeria. If I'm not, you can correct me, tell me if I'm wrong. Well, since we don't keep our records, uh, that's the record we know. So yes. So I was like, wow. <laughs> and I, I watched a few. I watched a few of his games at college, and I was like, this guy is not playing with the Tigers because his father is or was coach. Right. Playing because he is actually a good talent, and it was good that his father got him to play for Nigeria because we could have, we could lose him. Whether we like it or not, yeah. we could lose it to right. the press as well. So um, people need to understand that the draft class, it works differently. And that's why I agree with you with respect to efficiency. Teams draft the things that they need, that they spotted in the, in the class. It's okay, we need somebody that can do this for us at, a, at minimal cost. Instead of going to yeah. sign up is a superstar um, in a trade deal or in free agency. Right, right. Um, so, so, so you're, you're spot on with that, and and that's exactly. Um, for example, Milwaukee drafted; they needed shooters because Yanis is, you know, a transition offense guy, you know. But when they come to that half court offense, playing static offense, they just can't cut it. And short shooting, you know, was one of the biggest problems they had. And Jordan yeah. is a lifetime shooter. Oh yes, personally. I think he would have even gone up a lot higher because um, he is is good all round. During the the, the combine, he, he was he was leading in some of the charts. But I, I think the the lack of the NCA tournament yeah. um, stole some of the shine because I think if he had played that tournament, he would have probably pushed Louisville to maybe the Sweet Sixteen or the Final Four. Yeah, and that that would have really um you know elevated his rating. Yeah. Or up, up a bit, but but um, at the end of the day, that is why also a lot of players either are changing teams or you know after a few years in the league you can't find them anymore because you mm. need to be able to evolve and adapt to what your team needs. Mm. Look, every team already has their superstar, thirty points a game, yeah. twenty-five points a game player, so they don't need you to be putting that up every night. 
you know, for example. And I think that was one thing that worked against a player like Ike Diogo um, because he was a bit undersized for his position. Um, he started out mostly as a center power forward, mm. but he was a scoring guy. You know, yeah. he, he scores. He, he has the fundamentals he, now. Yeah, he does. You know, uh, but unfortunately, I remember his last tryout with the New York Knicks. I think that was um, 2015, going into the Olympic Games. He, he was a leading scorer during the um, summer league, the preseason. But he ended up not getting it. You know, on the road standing, you had a, I can't remember his name now. He has a three-letter name. He's from Romania, so God picked ahead of him. Why? Because you know, what they need was room protection. And this guy was just big. All he needed to do was stand and stretch his arm and grab some rebounds and block some shots. Uh, no, no, it wasn't Pozingis. Uh, they hadn't, they hadn't um, drafted Pozingis then. This is a, um, you know, it wasn't Pozingis at the time. Pozingis mm-hmm. wasn't in the league. So, so um, it, it, that, that's what players need to understand, you know, going into the NBA or pursuing a career. What am I good at? I mean, for example, a lot of people are saying um, Precious has a very high upside because his work ethic on the defensive end is phenomenal. Um, mm. He's very athletic um, in lateral ways. That is, I mean, he can cover up spaces, shuffling, and his offense is not totally polished, uh, but his size also works for him on that end. You know, it reminds me of how Victor Ladipo was when he first came into the league, just yeah. number two from Indiana, he was known more for his defense and his same his work ethic on the perimeter defense. And then, you know, a few years later, going to Indiana, he's not he picked a up his offense. <laughs> and he became, you know, a deep scorer. And now he's a two-way player that fits in, you know, both sides of the court. So that, that's, that's, that's some of the things you need to understand about the culture. And I remember someone said that, I can't remember the NBA player now, who said, who, who moved from the G League to the NBA. Yes, I remember Alex Caruso. Mm. Alex Caruso. Of, yeah. of, of, of Champion Italy. Alex Caruso. You know. And he said, he said, he, he, he now understands why a lot of players will continue to remain in the G League and never make it to the NBA. Mm. Because the truth is you need to understand the role that you are needed to play. A lot of people just want to be the star. They want to come out and be LeBron James. Or guys, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Casey <laughs> Already. Lee. Just no, come in and contribute as much as you can. Just come in and contribute and become, you know, a champion. That's why James Jones won, I think, four NBA titles. Uh, okay, yeah. three with with um with LeBron James out in Miami, out in Cleveland because he could he could just be that great teammate, you know, that he was needed to be on, on the squad. And you can mention a, a whole lot of other players who are role players, and we think they are not useful. But they are really very useful. And so that's what is important. And for every talent aspiring to go into the league, go into the NBA, that you need to understand what your strengths are. You need to max those strengths. Scoring is great, but mm-hmm. you need to focus on the intangibles. And that's mm-hmm. why a player like our Farouk Aminu is very crucial on everything he's played for. Mm-hmm. He was, I think the best career I had was um, in, at um, Portland Trail Blazers. Yeah. And it's like he keeps getting better. He keeps betting better because he's adding something to his game. He had a three-point shooting. So, I mean, because he wasn't touted as a three-point shooter, so off the screen, off the cuff, the set yeah. place for him, he makes the shots, big-time shots, and we're getting good. I think his move to Orlando is just, I think, partly money uh, because he's, he's now on the older side. He's 30 yeah. now. 
I will begin to think about that. I think also weather and family, Florida is a Orlando, Orlando it's is more, a good place. It's a much more chilled area yeah. than, uh, than Portland, Oregon. Than Portland, so, Oregon. And I know he's a, he's a huge family guy. So what you're saying is critical, critical thing is work on the intangibles. If you're looking yeah. to develop yourself in the NBA. So on a final note, I always take two, you should look at two things now. One, can the average boy playing at National Stadium, Road Park, Leslie Court in the Lupergy, look into the future and say, this is me in X number of years. And can we say Nigeria has the potential to be a world power in basketball? And maybe you can help me put a time, a time frame that we can say at the Olympics will be on the podium. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. Um to both questions. I said yes three times, even though you asked me two questions. <laughs> you know, just to put emphasis to it that yes, a child can. Azubike Udoka, I, I met him. He played at the National Stadium at mm. the NIS court mm. with the Raptors Basketball Academy. Mm. Um, I, I knew when he traveled uh, to the US and um, he made it you know, through prep school into uh, University of Kansas. Uh, fortunately, about the time I traveled to the U.S. in 2018, he led Kansas to the Final Four. Mm. Um, I, I remember vividly his mom came through and he showed some resilience because that year, he actually put him for the draft and withdrew because he broke his wrist um, mm. in 2018. And he, he, was, he was really talked about. I'm sure he would have still gone drafted though if he stayed in, but I don't know. He decided to refocus. 2019, he did the same thing and came back um as well and then now 2020 he's been drafted so yes he can't go and there's another young lad charles bassi i think that guy will play in the league um he's doing very well i think he's in um he's in one of the other south or north kentucky one of those kentucky universities uh in the, out there in in, in the u.s uh, he too he grew up playing basketball at rope in fact he started from you know that court at the yeah, uh, yeah, under the bridge. Yeah, Dell. There's, there's an academy there called Dell Basketball Academy. Oh, I see. It was called That's the coach of that academy. He was the one who who discovered Charles Bassi, who, by the way, was hawking fish for his mom. Wow. And he saw the length. I was like, "Oh my boy, let me use uh, in the in the in, local balance. in the words of Bodoguchi, you can't buy heights." You can't exactly. You can't. You know, it's, it's and and as God will have it, he's also a natural talent. Mm. So it it, it it God God blessed him with two things together. You know, the height and then the talent. And in a couple of years, in like two three years, this boy could do so many things with the ball, with his height. You know, and boom, he's there. He's one of the highly rated players. I'm looking forward to. I think maybe next year he should put him for the draft mm. and he should get into the league. So. Those boys clearly have shown that there is a path to the NBA from Nigeria. Whether you are playing at Ilukpeju or you are playing at Oshoki or Rope Park or the National Stadium, all you need to do is put in the work. And look, the truth is, the road is even easier these days thanks to social media. I don't know if you saw the post of a young boy who yeah. posted from the Animation Center. Animation Center. Yes, he made the ESPN Sports Center. Whoa. He, he made the ESPN Sports Center. And Perkins came out. 
uh, Sharif O'Neill came out to say, look, we're going to help you. I don't know how Oh, yeah, I saw the tweet from Sharif O'Neill. I saw that. Yeah. Even, even Perkins, Kendrick Perkins also, also posted that the Perkins family will welcome him, you know, um, to America. Wow. Yeah, it's, wow. It's on ESPN Sports Center. You could, you could check. I, I'm sure it's there. Because that was where I first saw the post. And I'm like, okay. And I had to check out the boy and I found out he's in Lagos. And a lot of people are asking him lots of questions. Um, so, so it's closer than ever now. The NBA has presence in Africa. There are so many programs coming through. Um, it's not just limited to giants of Africa. And so there's, 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 there's every reason you know, to keep hope alive, to keep pushing, to keep training. And yes, use social media. It's important. It's you are important. training, you are, you are whatever it is, your shoes. I mean, we have the young NBA Academy now. Dalu, um, Chuku Dalu is Yogo. The, 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 the boy, I don't know, is he, a point guard. I think he's about 6'1". He's in the NBA Academy in Senegal. But the way he uses social media, man, I think even for economic reasons, the, the young man should be drafted. It's just like saying Lamelo Ball, for example. Yeah. Yes, the boy can play, but with the PR also, I mean, it would be almost impossible for any team to want to pass up on him, hmm. you know, based on the followership and the traction. Because those things, too, are some of the intangibles. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Of course. You know, commercial reasons. Also, one of the reasons why some teams draft some players. Hello, in case you don't know. Uh, not necessarily everything talent. Um, they also need that um, ability to, to make money um, in many ways as well, sell tickets and, and all that. That's why they sign those big players too and pay that more money. So, yeah, the dream is alive and these guys can do it. And with regards to um, dominating Africa, uh, we no, are well Africa, on, on the podium, on the world sorry, scene. The, um, the world scene. We are well on our way now and with with the development of talent. When I say development of talent, I don't mean what we are doing back home, but these guys showing up in the big league. Yeah. Once upon a time, we had only a Farouk Aminu as the NBA player, active NBA player on the roster. Yeah. As at the last count, we had three yeah. and one, one in between. Ekpe Udo, who played Uta Jazz and then went to Europe um, to play for Fenerbahce to win the uh, EuroLeague. Um, so you could say one in between, but there was Chimeze Metu, who, who is now with Sacramento Kings. He was with the Spurs at the time. There's Joshua Kogi, um, who is with the Minnesota Timberwolves currently. And of course, Afaruk, uh, who has also switched teams from uh, Portland to Orlando. So now we have, you know, technically three. And I mean, with all of these guys also being drafted and, and something like, we would have more players. So we can end up having 12 players, um, the NBA on the um, NBA uh, 12 NBA players, I meant to say, on our roster, which of course means more confidence, ability to compete, um, ability to play at that stage, understanding the stakes. Uh, I mean, a little bit of patriotism as well, you know, with mm -hmm. the likes of Udoka and Precious. So, I mean, they want to go all out for the country, even though no disrespect to the likes of Ike Diogu. Farouki coming year in year out. They've shown their art. They've shown their commitment. They've also tried to invest locally, doing camps and giveaways and all that stuff. You know, yeah. So um, from that talent perspective, yes, we can. The other part of it is, of course, our 
style that our federation has adopted in just recruiting anything. Recruiting. Let me, let me cut you. I'm cutting you there because you mentioned the federation again. Oh, oh, I know. No, I don't, <laughs> so, I don't get to add that. No, 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 no. Tell me, we're running out of time, but I need to ask you this. Mention your final, potential final 12, or the final 12 you'd like to see go to the Olympics. In one minute. Very early days. It's, it's, it's quite tough, but of course, um, I, I would like to, I would like to see K. Jogu make this his one song. Yeah. I hope, I hope he, he, he can come through and, you know, make it great. Um, Alfaruk Aminu, uh, I, I would like to see him there, of course. Um, definitely. Michael Eric. Uh, Michael Eric was huge for us at the World Cup. It's shown that, you know, we still have something to play inside. Chimeze Metu, very young, very athletic, very energetic. Josh Okoge, fantastic guy. Two-way player, defense and offense. Um, of course, uh, Jordan Nwora, good lighthouse shooter. I think he's a very incredible player. Ben Uzo, who for me, I still think I love Ben Uzo. I love Ben Uzo. I love Ben Uzo. Yeah, and his, his work ethic is phenomenal. Well, Ike, Ike Urobu, I think he can score, although I'm not his biggest fan. But I think we need him on that roster. I've mentioned eight. Um, let me see. Um, Udoka Azubike. Udoka Azubike, why? Because that guy is seven foot. He's also big. He's young. I think it's a good way to integrate him um, into the team and give us some fresh you know, life and fresh legs. I hope Bam Adibayo can reconsider his position uh, to, to play for Nigeria because we need that size inside and I think his experience and with what he's doing with Miami that will be huge for us at the Olympics if we can get him. Uh, for swing men, let me see. Of course, Stan Okoye. Stan Okoye too is another incredible player. He shows up in big games and is very consistent um, in his play as well. Uh, oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um... Ah, who, can, who else is on that roster? I think I've mentioned nine, Abby. You've mentioned ten. I've mentioned ten. So two more players. Yeah. Two more players. Two more players. Um, uh, there's this shooter. Uh, um, um, is it Umbamalu or Umwamu? Uh, I, I, I always mix those two players up. Um, I think it's, I think it's, it's Umwamu, not Umbamalu. Uh, Uamu is a very good shooter. Uh, I think it will create some, some level of balance um, on that team um, as well from the guard position. And then, and then, let me see, one more player. One more, one more, one more. One more. Ah, um, um, um. Um, I, 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 really do, I really don't know who I'll put on, that, on, that, on the last piece of the roster. Okay, since you I, don't know who you put, um, let, me, let me thank you for joining me today on 19 and little extra. And I want to say this on the final note. With all that we have said today, Nigeria has a huge, huge, huge potential and huge prospects to be a dominant player on the world scene. But when you continue to have Sports administrators who do not know their left from their right and who are not concerned about developing the game from the grassroots and across board. Nigeria will suffer because 
eventually a lot of these talents will rather turn out for countries that are more focused and have a direction. We are missing out on huge opportunities on the local scene. One of such opportunities was the FIBA E-Open, which the FIBA-led board destroyed every opportunity of us showcasing our potential in esports, which are a very big one. And I will use every medium that I have to criticize and attack the FIBA board for scoping and messing up that opportunity. But hey, we have to keep giving them the benefit of that. Hopefully, they will wake up from their slumber. Femi, thank you very much for joining me on Night and Reach Extra. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure doing this and talking basketball. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. And thank you, everybody, for joining uh, me. And if you want to tip me and continue to support what I'm doing, just look out for the link. When I post the link for the podcast, look out for the tip link. You can just help by contributing something to push the content. Thank you very much. And bye for you.